Welcome to Hardware Addicts, a proud member of the Tux Digital Network. Hardware Addicts is the podcast that focuses on the physical components that power our technology world. In this episode, we're going to be talking about Apple's Vision Pro, the new iPhone, or is it dead on arrival? We're going to get into all of that. Then we head to Camera Corner, where Wendy will discuss the Irix lenses for Sony. So sit back, relax, and plug in, because Hardware Addicts starts now. I'm Ryan, your tech guide through the universe, and with me today are my two co-hosts on video. Maybe. If you're seeing video, our video recording worked. If not, we'll try again next week. We have <laughs> Wendy, a resident photographer extraordinaire and hardware enthusiast, along with Michael, the software sage and hardware Padawan. So we've got a great show in store for you. But before we get into Apple's latest innovations, we have an amazing sponsor to talk to you about first, but then it's all about Apple. This episode of Hardware Addicts is brought to you by Linode. Visit linode.com slash tux. See why over a million developers trust Linode for their infrastructure. From their award-winning support, it is offered 24-7, 365 to every level of user and all the way to their ease of use and setup. It's clear why developers and businesses have been trusting Linode for their projects, both big and small, since 2003. Linode's offers the industry's best price-to-performance value for all compute instances. Whether that's shared, dedicated, high memory, or GPUs, all of this is what you can use at Linode. Linode makes cloud computing simple, affordable, and accessible, allowing you to focus on your customers and not your infrastructure. So visit linode.com tux. That's linode.com T-U-X. And you'll get a $100 60-day free credit when you go sign up at linode.com tux. And if you're curious about what you could do there, well, you can build stuff piece by piece, but you can also check out their awesome app marketplace where you have a plethora of options to easily and quickly set up all sorts of things like WordPress and Plesk or Valheim and Minecraft servers. All of this super easy in the app marketplace. So go right now to Leno.com slash Tux, that's Leno.com slash T-U-X to get started. So AR and VR hasn't had the market reception that was predicted. I'm not saying it hasn't had some popularity, but there were some predictions that this was going to be the next screen that everybody was going to have in their house, and it was just going to be the next phone. And that really didn't happen. It didn't take over people's lives as we thought. And in fact, most companies, as we've covered in Hardware Addicts, like Microsoft, are moving their resources to things like AI and machine learning, which is really that next revolution people were banking on. So for a while there, it was all about AR, VR, and it really never took off. You know, Facebook changed its name to Meta. They created these headsets and, well, the technology just never seemed to get to that place where everyone thought, I must have these in my home. However, that's all before Apple entered the arena. So Apple recently announced that they are going to take on Meta, which would be, I guess, the second most popular one at this point you could think of with their Apple Vision product. And Apple Vision Pro. Apple Vision Pro. And it is important that yeah, Pro that, part we're going to get yeah. to later. But so pro, that price pro part and Pro Tech. Well, do you think that price is outrageous at just $3,500, Michael? Outrageous? Well, it depends on if it has the word Apple in front of it, whether or not people are going to take it at face value. <laughs> so, 
Yes, it is outrageous, <laughs> but also not all that surprising with Apple because it made me think, like, we were thinking about, like, my first thought was, is this too much money? Is this, like, an absurd thing where they're, like, not even being reasonable? And then I thought, Apple trash can. This is cheap in comparison. <laughs> True. What do you think, Wendy? Like, 3500 bucks. is this something that, you know, if it was the perfect product, you would budget in for your family at $3,500? Absolutely not. Heck, we have a VR headset that the kids use, but we bought an older generation that had been used. Yeah, it was an awesome use set. It was practically new. But what we spent on a VR headset was way, way less than this. I think right around 250 is what we yeah. spent used for <laughs> their HTC Vive. way less than this. Way less. And... <laughs> This does have more functionality than their Vive does, but I feel that price has been part of the reason that more people haven't jumped on the VR bandwagon is it's just not affordable, especially for something in the beginning. There wasn't that many games out. Now there are more VR games. My kids play Beat Saber all the time right now, but it was had dropped down in that price range was like, hey, you know, it's worth giving it a try now for us. And yeah. this is in the price range that I just sit back and watch other people who get it. We wouldn't be getting it. I'm very well, for other reasons, but that's one reason. I'm very curious if this will test the real prestige of Apple because people say that Apple could release anything and people will just buy it. This is to kind of test that. And I can't wait to see what happens with that. But I'm very curious, what can you do with this headset, Ryan, and this super affordable headset? Well, that's the good and the bad. So hardware-wise, this thing is actually quite incredible. The amount of cameras, sensors, eye tracking and things and technology, the front-facing OLED screen, it's got a ton of technology. All the things that you could possibly have taken as lessons from other AR VR products I think Apple has put into this single headset. So from a hardware standpoint, absolutely fascinating. But to your question, what can you do for this? Well, you could potentially play games because Apple Vision Pro is going to have the M2 chip in it, which means this is actually a standalone device. So you don't have to tether this to your phone. You don't have to tether this to your laptop. It is a standalone computer all built in to this headset there. So... There was news that released just today about Apple basically utilizing portions of CodeWeaver's open source code to create their own translation layer so that you could play Windows games on Apple, much like CodeWeaver's has done with and, and Steam with ProtonDB, except Apple is taking that code and making it so it translates to their metal. And so with that... Apple's kind of starting to make this play potentially to where gaming could be a part of this. Although there wasn't a lot of games showed in their demo that I saw, I think gaming would definitely be a part of it. Watching movies and TV shows was definitely something that they demoed a lot here. And that this would be a great way to watch movies and TV shows. And you're getting a gigantic screen. So you're basically getting a movie theater style screen for you to watch this movie and you have these amazing speakers and sound as well that are coming from this device. And so from a theater experience, 
it's going to be amazing to like any of the AR VRs out there. Meta, you can do a similar thing, but it doesn't have two 4K screens in it either. So you've got some amazing screens and resolution. And then they also have this crown dial on the top that allows you to kind of bring in more of the background on the augmented reality side of things. So if you're sitting on a beach, you could have your big movie screen and then the beach is kind of off to the side or, or if you you're could sitting, dial that back and remove all of the uh, augmented reality aspects of your visual. That's cool. but And you can also be on a plane and then fake your brain into think you're on a beach. What a wonderful yeah. option. You could yes. do that too. Yes. Yeah. And, and the interesting thing that's freaking some people out is we mentioned the front-facing screen. And so as a front-facing OLED screen, so they definitely spared no expense in throwing the yeah. technology everywhere they could. And then that emulates through eye sensors your eyes and so creates a basically augmented version of your eyes so that when you are in an environment where you're using AR, people can actually see your eyes because they know you're not just captivated with one thing like watching a movie. Whereas if you're completely captivated in something, the screen will just kind of have this little visual effect. So your family members could know you're you know, zoned out and not paying attention. So not to kick a soccer ball towards your face. Or if you have the <laughs> AR, VR with the eyes, the fake eyes showing. And, and people are saying they're freaked out about this it because does. it's... It actually looks pretty it's kind weird. Of creepy. It looks weird. Yeah. It looks yeah. a little creepy. Yeah. It's cool yeah, it idea. A it's creepy. a cool tech and it's, it's very interesting. But I love it when they showed in the promo video where someone sits down on a couch and starts talking to this person. And it mm -hmm. just made me laugh the whole time. So I'm thinking, you could just take the headset off. And it just, that's yeah. way better. Well, it's funny that people made fun of individuals, like there were memes and things when Google Glasses came out, like of people walking around with those, which I think out of all of the augmented reality devices, that was the most likely that I would ever have actually worn or used. Yeah. And people made fun of that. Now, imagine someone walking around with this giant glob on your face, you know, mm -hmm. and it's just to me, it's so impersonal. And I'm surprised. My first reaction to this was shock that a lot of people were saying how beautiful it was, how amazing all the technology inside is. And I don't disagree, but I was shocked Apple would release this kind of product. I really expected them to have some. Google Glasses style entry into this field where people would actually in masses adopt and utilize it instead of basically taking this headset idea and just packing every piece of possible technology in it and it still looks so freaking goofy. And the hardware is shock. amazing. The hardware is definitely amazing what they've packed into this. And I definitely agree. Something that looks more like glasses, heck, even if they were sunglasses style seems like it would be something that you could wear out of the house easier, especially with the VR capabilities, AR, I mean, capabilities of this device and being able to take some of that work with you or information with you as you're wherever on the plane. You don't look like you have a sleeping mask on a very bulky, weird looking <laughs> sleeping mask. Scuba on. mask. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Like Th this is really something that is meant for, hey, I'm at home, I'll use it here or potentially at the office because they do have work capabilities inside of this, whether that's content creation, having 
talks with your coworkers, working on stuff together. And I find all of that really, really interesting as part of this device and the features that it has in it. But it's not one of those that you're you're taking with you every day. It's, oh, I'm here using it right here. But and Wendy, it has a it. battery you could travel with. So you could take it wherever you want. That's, that seems so practical. Yeah. Yeah, That's no. the other thing that was very <laughs> un-Apple of them, right? You've got this very heavy headset because it's all made of metal and glass. So the quality is your typical Apple quality devices. You know, when you look at their Max Pro headphones, for instance, they're metal, they're heavy. Uh, here's an example of them with the nice mesh top and things. And they're, they're beautiful. They're one of the heaviest pairs of headphones ever, but they're beautiful. And the way that they've kind of created it sits nicely on your head and things like that. But that weight isn't because of the battery that they've had included in there. It actually has a separate battery pack. And that separate battery pack only gives you two hours of actual usage. So not even long enough to get through a movie, let alone a work day. I have conference calls that go four hours or more. This isn't useful there either. So I'm either tethering another cord to the wall to a USB-C cord that, that has a USB jack in the battery to keep it charged the whole time, or I'm swapping out and having to buy multiple batteries and things. And that's very unApple like one of the things that is revolutionary about the MacBook and the new M1, M2 chips and things is their ability to conserve incredible amounts of battery and their long battery usage. We've talked about that on the on show a lot. This isn't okay. demonstrating that at all. I would agree with you on the battery part, but I would disagree with you on the fact that it is un-Apple. Like, they were the first ones to do away with the SD card slot so that you were having to buy more storage. They were the first ones to do away with the headphone jack, so you're having to buy a special adapter to connect your phone. Total Apple-like. Yeah. Oh, you're saying True. that they, you're, they're going to have to buy a custom battery to be able to last longer or a custom charging exactly. system or... I mean, there's definitely going to be third-party solutions as well, but it's it's kind of interesting because I do think Apple has become a more useful thing in terms of the the MacBook Pro is just a, a, a better experience because you have such a ridiculous battery, battery life that you could work on it for an entire day and not even notice that the battery dropped. And in this one, their whole thing about you can watch movies in this giant display uh, for about 75% of the movie, and then you're, you're going to have to recharge. Right. Yeah. Which, I don't have a battery pack candy here, but the one that I talked about a few weeks ago looks like it's about the same size as the one that she had in her pocket in the promo. So I don't yeah. understand. Either it's an extremely power-hungry device, and so they made the battery as big as they feel could fit in somebody's pocket, or there really isn't that big of a battery in the device. I feel like so are this is fanny, hungry. Are mm. fanny packs going to make a comeback now? Because we know how yes. many girls' pants don't have pockets. Or they uh, have pockets that don't work. They have fake and pockets. So, yeah. yeah, what are yes, girls those supposed to do stupid flip-in-front fake pockets. I hate them. <laughs> <laughs> Every girl hates them, yet they're still sold this way. Uh, unanimously across the board and you know Apple where are you going to put where, where is somebody supposed to put that like I guess you stick it maybe in a purse or something else you've got to have that hanging around maybe. with the battery pack sitting in it you know or if you're in joggers like if you're going to work out and things uh, I don't know 
If you just well, there are out, a lot of really good workout pants for women that have a decent side pocket because that's what I wear a lot of the time anyway, day to day. And they'll hold a phone pretty tight. So yeah. those would work. Well, you make fun of that, Michael, but generally like I work out at night. And so that day I will put on my gym clothes and I'll wear them all day in preparation for the evening when I'm about to go to the gym and things. So for me, the gym thing, like I'm not putting on the VR headset to work out, I but I'd have my more... gym clothes on before I go work out. And so I would have to have pockets. I think that's you know? more revealing of pockets. how much you enjoy going to the gym that you're ready for that's it true. hours ahead of time. <laughs> I'm thinking about no, it all it day long. It means that he works from <laughs> home and he's not on video for conference calls so that he's able to wear whatever he wants to during those business calls. I also well, see, like that's the not, fact that's that... Not, True. I just will switch my shirt out, you know, like I'll oh, gotcha. shirt. So then, for those you know, who are listening it. to the yeah. audio only version, if the video didn't work out or not, whatever, I'll just go ahead and tell you. If you're curious, Ryan is currently wearing a t-shirt of a gym. <laughs> he goes in my in my joggers. So he's yeah. not only is he prepped for the, the show, he's prepped for the gym right after the show. Right after the show, I'm headed straight there. <laughs> so, you know, I, maybe Apple will sell jeans that have pockets in them for women. There'll be Apple jeans to kind of make Yeah, up except for, for they're going to be like $250, $300 jeans, and I'm not buying those either. Probably like five to $800. I think they're probably going to release them and call them bottom jeans. <laughs> Apple bottom. Nice. Yeah. That's, that's pretty good. That's pretty good <laughs> reference Thank there. Thank you. The dad jokes are on point today. So, Wendy, you made the comment when we were talking in the pre-show about, hey, I wasn't surprised about the price. This is Apple. This is the same company that charges $900 for wheels. Right. So I went and looked this up. And Apple Mac Pro Wheels still cost $700, and they want $8 for shipping on top of that. And these are just wheels, people. Like caster just wheels? wheels. Like caster yeah. wheels that go on the bottom of a case. That's it. <laughs> mm -hmm. And wheels. so $3,500 for all of this technology or $700 for wheels. Now, I will tell you that the Apple enthusiasts even thought that the price was going to be three grand. So, and they thought that was a lot. That was their high end prediction. And so, Apple being Apple was like, no, no. not just 3000 Hold my drink and watch this. Yes. Yeah, $3,500. <laughs> it reminds me that if the price is so ridiculous. When I first saw it, I was like, oh, this is going to be interesting. That's, uh, that's some cool technology. Then they showed the price and I just started laughing because it reminded yeah. me of the $1,000 monitor arm that you don't even get the yes. monitor. It's just the monitor arm. Yeah. 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 Apple has a way of uh, ripping people off and people enjoying and yet people being still buy off. that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, so, you know, I have a comment that products, I'll save you know? for after the show because I can't drop it here, but it's not family friendly. Right. So some of the other <laughs> things you can do is if you do a video conference call, obviously you've got this device on and I could see Michael and Wendy there in front of me. But what are they going to see? Well, it yeah. basically creates a realistic version of you based on your eyes and all the sensors and things that it has of your body creating an avatar, but not like a meta avatar that looks like a cartoon, but a more realistic one um, of you. So it will even follow your facial expressions. So as you're smiling or other things, it's going to translate that into the video that people are seeing, which I think, again, is incredible technology when you think about it. Yeah, but also creepy, and I'm not sure I want it. I mean, the way that they have it function to do these certain things that you wouldn't really think about as an option that you'd want, 
because I don't really want a 3D model version of me in that sense. But it is interesting in the technology in order to do this is because there are so many cameras and sensors inside and outside of it tracking how you move, your eye movement, your body movement, and the way that it tracks your like finger touching and stuff like that in order to like mimic clicks and stuff. It's very interesting technology, and it's like fascinating in the way that they were able to accomplish this in a relatively smooth way of functioning. And it's also creepy because there's a lot of cameras and there's a lot of sensors tracking everything you do. But that's why it needs that M2 chip. Without that chip, there's no way that it could process all of the data that's coming in. True. It's got two chips and it's got the M2, which would have to be as powerful, like Wendy's saying, as it is to be able to do what it's doing. But it also has, I believe they called it the I2 or another chip in there that's basically taking care of all the sensor uh, information and things. And so it's got two chips in it to be able to accomplish this. It's quite amazing technology. There, There is no doubt what Apple has done here is created the absolute top of the line flagship AR VR based on everything that's out there. The gesturing you mentioned, Michael, is everyone who's used it said it is just so smooth and perfect uh, for the gesturing. So they don't plan to have any game controllers or remote controllers and things like that, which frankly, from a gaming perspective is a shame because without haptic feedback, I think that's a major loose loser right there. But and also depending on what kind of game you're playing and also yeah. what kind of feedback you need. Like, for example, I think that some of these games would be kind of interesting, like maybe a platformer where in order for your character to jump across a ledge, you just kind of flick it up or something. That'd be fun. But if I have to do a steering wheel thing the entire time while I'm doing a racing game, I'll be very annoyed because my arms will get tired pretty quickly. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. All of the creepy stuff aside, there's a lot of the things that I do like about this device. My overall complaint isn't necessarily with the hardware, it's with the software, and that it's locked into one specific ecosystem. And I struggle with that. Now, if this was a device that I could use on multiple ecosystems, I would be way more excited about it. Even at this price point, I would be way more excited about it because there's more options. I, as you know, I'm not an Apple person. So that's one thing that would keep me from getting my hands on one. And the fact that, yes, they're now pulling in some open source to make gaming working, but they're not giving back and letting other people use this hardware. You know, it's interesting you mentioned that because I actually got a little sick to my stomach when I saw Apple took the open source code weavers code and was utilizing it because Apple doesn't have a great reputation of giving back to open source, even though they leverage it heavily. Um, And that's one of the great things of open source. And Apple's a trillion dollar company, so they should definitely give back. And I don't know in this case, perhaps the stuff they're doing with code weavers is going to give code and things back into the open source uh, ecosystem that can be used in other places. However, I did notice that code weavers also announced today that their, their version for Mac of basically doing translations is, you know, now available. So it almost seems like they're launching a product independently of what Apple's doing here. So I got a little sick to my stomach because I thought, what a shame it would be for a trillion dollar company to kind of take the code from Code Weavers if that happened, not saying it did, and not give back to that ecosystem because 
you're taking a much smaller company who's worked really, really hard, a lot of people contributing it to, to it for free just to get this out for everybody to enjoy, and you're locking it down in the Apple world would be a real ugly thing. By the way, that chip I was talking about, the secondary chip is the R1 chip, and it's specifically dedicated to processing inputs from the camera. So mm. well, I mean, that's that additional chip. You mentioned the whole open source thing where they may be taking open source and making it proprietary. Well, they've done that before with the entirety yeah. of Mac OS, which is, or OS 10 at the time, which is just taking FreeBSD and turning it into their own thing. And they made a really good product from that, but because they use code that is licensed in a way that allows them to turn it proprietary, they absolutely did. I don't know if the Proton slash Codeweaver stuff is in that kind of licensing. I think it's licensed with GPL, maybe, or at least some parts of it. So I'm curious to see if, like, what they could take and how far could they go with it. Because if they contribute back, that would be a game changer for translation technology. Yeah. More than, I mean, it probably would be at least because they're doing a whole other le level of translations. But, you know, track record is not great for them. Yeah. And I know we're getting off topic here, talking more about the software side instead of the hardware, but they kind of go hand in hand. And I'm not opposed to companies utilizing op open source and making money off open source. It's when they take that and then don't give back. Right. Yeah, that would be the big yeah. gotcha there for them, for sure. So I I'm hoping we're wrong and I'm hoping they do give back. And if they're not planning to give back, Hopefully they do now because it would be a real shame and more people talk about the open source side of this whole thing. But going back to the hardware, again, one of the things that I've heard people mention is, hey, you're getting a surround sound system. You're getting a 4K television all built into this headset. You're getting all the AR VR, a standalone computer with you know a basic set of apps right now to start with the Apple apps in it. So you know, $3,000 starts to look a little less shocking. What are your thoughts on that? Is that become less shocking for you when you think about it in that context? It actually, of all you're getting? What it's, it's actually kind of more shocking that people would think that's a good debate topic, like that like somehow that yeah. is okay. Sure, it's a big screen inside of the VR thing and that's cool and the UI and the way it works looks fantastic and I do want to play with this at some point when it's not $3,500 but I think that it's kind of ridiculous for people to say that this is even if you just did Apple products even if you went and bought an Apple MacBook and then you connected it to a giant TV you will save $2,000 <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Now, th th this isn't just a 4K TV. So before you make your judgment, Wendy, because I'm going to go to you next on this, I just want to remind you all that this is a micro OLED display system with 23 million pixels. All right. Now, make it better. I think if you were a single person, you didn't share your house with anybody, or maybe you have roommates and they all do their own thing, it might make it more feasible to use that argument. But I've got a family and you right. have a family. And so I'm not spending that much money on a TV and surround sound system that I'm using by myself. Right. It, it's interesting you say that. So yesterday, my family wanted, my kids wanted to watch the new Mario movie, which I freaking love, by the way. It was fantastic all the way through. 
We but my my wife was busy <laughs> doing some. She was busy doing some stuff, and the kids wanted to go ahead and start the movie, but I didn't want to start it because I know how much she loves Nintendo, and I wanted mm. to share that experience with her. And she, we ended up having a great time and laughing and all this stuff. And then, you know, when I was watching videos on this device, I was like, that whole experience is gone. Yeah. Uh, with this, or you buy four of them, you know, and just spend the simple twelve thousand dollars, and deal. then maybe there would be a share option or something. But maybe. you know, it's just slightly above people's budget. It seems. But then, how are you getting their facial expressions? Because I know exactly what you mean. They're yeah. Me and two of my kids who went to Worlds in Texas actually saw the movie movie at the theater in Texas, and so some of my kids were dropping little hints. They were singing the Peaches song. Um, yes. And my other two didn't get it. And so when I watched it for the first time with them, I'd already seen the movie and I spent most of my time watching their reactions to the stuff that I knew was coming up than the movie itself. Yeah. And and this is where you start to look at like is, is AR and VR headsets like are going to take off in mass. I think one of the problems we've all had with technology, much as I love technology, one of the biggest mm -hmm. problems we have is people removing themselves more and more and more from other people. And yeah. this is a complaint without AR, VR. When you bring AR, VR into this, whether you're putting fake eyes on the outside or not, you're still removing people from the experience of that. They have these videos. Apple was doing these promotions where this dad's doing something in his headset in the kitchen and the, kid kicks a soccer ball towards him and he kicks it back. And that would literally be the extent, the mass extent of the amount of activity you could do with that soccer ball in a house with your VR AR headset on is just to simply kick it back to him versus saying, Hey, let's go outside and play soccer yeah. since you're clearly interested in soccer. So to me, <laughs> I look at these things in a very different way than Apple's Why trying to promote go it outside Ryan. <laughs> right. Gross. Right. Uh, I would but, call you, know, you a, a vampire that stays in the house all day, but I think I look more vampirish than you do right now, so I can't crack <laughs> that joke. Right. <laughs> I, I just go from the house to the gym, and that's about it. Yeah, back. <laughs> so thankfully, the Texas sun gets me a, a little bit of a tan here uh, every now and then. But the apps that I see on there there that you can utilize right out of the box, Apple did not go ham and provide everything app wise you've got like apple music you've got apple tv you've got a browser apple photos messages mail and again some of the cool things you could do with this is you know you could have a virtual keyboard you could actually use a real keyboard too if you want but you could have a virtual keyboard on there so you could type your messages you could use your voice replies and you select all your icons with just your eye movement and the thing that's impressed most people that I've seen is that this is the greatest eye tracking technology I think that's ever existed. People are saying it's so incredibly accurate in how you move your eye to an icon and it's literally the icon you moved your eye to perfectly every time is what seems to be blowing people away the most. So if anything else, this technology may lead to something else because I truly believe at this price point, this isn't meant for regular consumers. This isn't the device we thought Apple was going to release. And Apple's kind of known as a consumer device company. They rarely ever kind of go into the business side of things. I think this would have been much better received had they literally just released it as Apple Vision Developer Kit. Mm -hmm. Because I think that's what they're looking for. 
And those are the people who are going to take this technology and create apps for it and do cool things with it and create games and utilize the eye sensors in unique ways, maybe even use it in businesses and doctors and other things for doing virtual visits or you know other applications and factories and things where you could utilize something in $3,500 makes sense to spend. I, I really think that this is the first generation. Mm-hmm. And that anybody kind of looking at this, it's fun to make fun of it because it's as ridiculous as Apple usually is. But I truly believe they don't think they're going to sell a bajillion of these uh, because of the price point that they came in at and the fact that it's just, it's so clunky and big and it doesn't really meet all the things that I think ultimately they would want to do with this device in the future. I don't think they've ever released anything as a developer kit. Like... No, stuff, yeah. they've released stuff that's not ready. I mean, the the whole uh, bend gate, antenna gate, and all sorts of stuff where it didn't work, and they just said, "No, it's fine." To pretend, just hold your phone differently. Like, this is not the phone <laughs> you're looking for. Uh, that sort that yeah. sort of thing. But I I think that VR and AR is something that is very interesting, and it is very cool to see Apple jump into it because, at the very least people are going to copy Apple and do something that's potentially good because the current options for VR and AR are not great. They're not terrible, but they're not great. However, with that said, that's just based on reviews and things that I've talked to people about because I've never actually used VR. One time I was at Ryan's house and he had gotten rid of his VR and wouldn't let me use it. It was rude. I don't appreciate that. Yes. But what's funny is that uh, my girlfriend has a VR headset and she loves VR. And when I told her about Apple Vision Pro, her eyes lit up with joy. Like she can't wait to play with it. And then I told her it's going to be a year from now. And she's said, oh, okay, I guess I'll wait. <laughs> well, plus the $3,500 didn't help. So my wife also was like excited when I talked about Apple released this when I was talking to her. And she was like, oh, that's so cool. I want to see it. And then I was like, it's $3,500. And we were in the bed at the time, and she literally turned over to go to sleep. <laughs> so that was her reaction to the $3,500. And for all of those, you know, I see the people on Reddit going, um, people who saying they're not going to buy this or uh, just say up front that you're poor and don't have money. Um, oh, wow. We could easily get these type of devices if we were stupid with our money. And as a business, in fact, that we run as a network, we could expense a device like this and do videos on it and things. Um, and still it's too ludicrous for us to even consider that buying it then. So, you know, I'm not, I don't think this has to do with um, how much money you have versus just oh, yeah. what are you getting I for $3,500 are just irrational in the yeah. first place. Cause they just, it's just, that's the Apple fan. Like, you know, that's the, the, yeah. the I fan is what that I, I'd like to call those people. But uh, this is the, the thing that is kind of, fun for me about this topic is that it's bringing VR to my attention again. And when I told my girlfriend I've never used VR, there's a plan for me to now do it before the next nice. episode of Hardware Addicts. So I will awesome. give a follow-up of my experience with VR. Now, Can't I know wait. there's a lot of people out there who are super excited about the future of AR VR. And they look for any news to grasp on for excitement. And this Apple was one of the big hopes for a lot of people that this was going to bring AR VR into the mainstream. So if our predictions are true, and this is more of a developer device, the one thing I would give hope to all those people 
who are still so excited about the AR VR world is all the innovations that Apple has made here and all of the developers, because it's Apple, that will get involved and start creating things right. from it. All of that stuff will funnel down to Meta and all the other headsets. In fact, I think it's this news is more exciting for Meta than it is for Apple. In my opinion, all the developers that will now get involved to write something for Apple, because again, it's Apple and the prestige of having your app on, on, on this $3,500 device, will also, if Meta's smart, make that compatibility layer pretty easy for them to translate it over into one of the Meta device, AR, VR devices that cost like 350 bucks. Now you got that same app. Maybe not all the functionality of the AR, VR headset Apple has, but you got that same app in that world which would help prop up what Meta's doing. Not that I really care how great Meta's doing, but they actually at least have a reasonable AR VR pricing headset there. So I think this will propel this industry forward and we'll see whether AR VR actually has any legs or not. Yeah, I think that's a great point. And I think it's very interesting. There's one more thing I wanted to mention that I do think is worth noting for some people. If you wear glasses, VR has always been a incredible annoyance because if you have farsighted seeing then you really can't use vr because you can't see that close to you but at least apple thought of that and there are lenses you can put into the the vision pro to be able to use it and i thought that was pretty cool at least they took that in consideration unlike every other vr i've ever heard of yeah yeah yeah, which isn't no. a problem for me because I'm nearsighted. So before I got contacts again, I was able to use the headset just fine because I could take off my glasses, but I could see that being an issue. Though yeah. it might cost you another $3,000 to get their lenses. <laughs> just yeah, saying. that's probably true. The Apple prescription lens. Or at least like 900 like the wheels. But you yeah. get an Apple genius to make your lenses. And so, I mean, that's something. <laughs> Definitely yeah. who I want making my lenses. Yeah. Now, the coolest thing that we haven't talked about, and to me, this was the most exciting part of the entire presentation, was when they mentioned if you have a MacBook and you look down at your MacBook, mm. just by looking down at it, it will take the screen of your MacBook, that whatever you're cool. working on, and put it in front of you in the AR VR. And that was just dope yeah. because that reminded me of all of the movies that we see minority report and other things where you can start and with their amazing gesturing system that they've created and eye tracking where you could start moving screens around. You got a business plan or a giant project, you know, with all of these pieces that you're trying to put together. Uh, you've got this amazing canvas that you could work with. And all you have to do is look down at your MacBook and look up. That shows you like the reason why people fall in love with Apple is because they do things like that with their ecosystem and they make it so seamless. And that is absolutely the most genius thing, I think, for me of the whole presentation was seeing that. And I was like, that's freaking cool. Still not $3,500 cool, but that's freaking cool. Yeah, it's cool. They do say that it can show you all your tabs as it's laid out. I don't think they've seen my tabs. <laughs> <laughs> She has way too many, Apple. <laughs> she has you 130 sure. tabs all over the room. If I'm working yeah. on a project, I actually usually have multiple projects going on at one time. I can have lots of tabs open and multiple windows with multiple tabs. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, the 
MacBook being pulled up into the Vision Pro thing is a very cool idea. And that I already saw this as a massive productivity value. There, there's mm-hmm. tons of things you can do with this in a productivity thing to have that much space. I mean, how many people have a multi-monitor setup just so they have more screen real estate to deal with it. Whereas if you just look to your left or right, you have another giant space of screen real estate. Like that is massive potential there. And that's kind of what a lot of VR stuff has already done. But to be able to integrate Mm -hmm. and turn that empty space as your MacBook screen and do everything you can do on a MacBook, that is very impressive. And also the fact that it has to be, it's not just like picking up the screen and doing like this mirroring thing. It still has to use your MacBook in some way. So the connection system, I, it's that's impressive in itself. Like, I don't even know how that yeah, works. Definitely. How do you send the signals to the MacBook and make that? That's why I think that there's a lot of potential for this device, even though it's insanely priced. Of, of course it's insane. But there is a lot of cool technology in it, and I do want to play with it, even though I know that that's an insane price and an insane decision. I don't know if I will not, like, if I try VR and it is good as people say it is, I might want to try this thing. And you're not getting one. And, okay. And you're, you're not writing cheap. it off. We know that. I mean, it yeah. was worth a shot, people. <laughs> he turned it down. It's all right. Fine. There's one more thing. Do you see what I did there? The Apple one more, one more thing. thing. Wow. Come on. Wow. That was genius. Let, let there. me go get my turtleneck on. Okay. <laughs> there's there's the 3D camera recording capabilities of this. And so I immediately, when I thought of this, so not only can you um, see 3D video, obviously, but you can record 3D video. That's cool. So... Certain people think, again, this is creepy because, again, you're taking yourself out of the element, right? You're Mm -hmm. Instead of being at your kid's birthday party or whatever, you're sitting there with a headset on with your fake made-up eyes on the front enjoying your birthday party through there. But as parents, we know you kind of only live some of these moments once. And the Mm -hmm. ability to... I I was thinking of people who've lost loved ones and things Mm -hmm. and being able to relive those moments in 3D like you're really sitting there. Yeah. Um, Even if you have aging parents who are passing away or other things and you're interviewing them through it. And while it's not ideal to have a headset on your face, I could imagine that could create some really special moments to relive. And I thought that was pretty cool. It will be interesting to see how it's implemented, but how much cooler would it be to have the 3D camera on a pair of glasses like Google Glass and not right. have this big yeah. freaking scuba mask on your face, um, which is why I'm hoping what Apple's doing here is they're giving people a platform for app developers to go develop a bunch of apps in different use cases, see what people are utilizing out of all of this technology they've packed in there the most, and then release something more reasonably priced to the consumer that's not a pro, obviously, but maybe it's an SE version or something like that that's more in the five $600 range where I think you're going to see a lot more people would start adopting it. Yeah. But at that point, at five or 600 bucks, you've also got this plethora of apps that you would be able to utilize with it. And if that's their plan, then I say pretty smart plan. If their plan is to convince all these families out there to spend $3,500 on the headset and then go up from there, I just don't see that happening yet unless Apple is able to pull out something more amazing than what they showed, in my opinion. I mean, I'd agree with that, but I also think that 
the 3D recording thing that you mentioned was, I mean, I think it's interesting in general. And yes, the idea of you're in this space wearing this thing and people looking at you being like, okay, you're that's a weird person. And I, I get that. But at the same time, I've always been a type of person who lives in the moment and doesn't take like video or photos of those kinds of moments. Mm. And then later I forget what those ha what happened like often. So if I had video and taking just photos with my phone and doing selfies, that would be nice to have. I mean, there's also times where I sort of regret for a period of like 10 years or so, I wasn't taking videos or photos and I don't even remember what I looked like at the time. You know, I was weighing less. That's one example. But there's, uh, <laughs> but there's other things that you could do with this in wide variety of like the 3D scope. But I think that just having that kind of, that sounds amazing. Now, yes, you will look incredibly ridiculous in the moment, but you could also experience that moment there. But another thing is you can let other people experience your perspective. That is kind yeah. of a cool idea. Yeah, that was very cool. You could have some really neat applications there. And Michael, to help with your memory situation, you could just instead spend $149 on some Snapchat spectacles that automatically take pictures for no you. Unfortunately, there's no vending machines for those spectacles with me, so I can't go get them, unfortunately. They're, oh, they're, you man. Know. You tried. That's the yeah, point. Yeah. You tried. I don't know if they still do that vending them. machine thing, but that was dumb. Wow. So amazing. I love buying everything out of vending machine. I'm a complete opposite of you in that way. If I go to an airport, our airports have these vending machines with electronics in it. I don't need any of the electronics inside because I have a backpack full of everything they have in the vending machine. And I still find myself buying stuff just to see it fall from a vending but machine. But there's a difference. I'm, I'm guilty of you, it because it's so cool that you can buy electronic in a vending machine. The only thing worked, I couldn't though. walk past in the airport was a coffee shop. That, that was it. Yeah, that's the only thing I've been watching. But but Ryan, this is not how the Snapchat vending machine worked. It was opaque. You could not see anything. All it did was fall out the bottom, and you picked it up. You didn't even get the oh, value that's of the vending. Exactly. It's a, it's the a, whole purpose is to see it fall. Exactly. You know, like it's it's like make your selection and watch need. it drop. I mean, yes. a vending machine. If anybody has not experienced the the wonders of a vending machine, you need to go out right now and do this because this is like analog hardware. People, you can go out there or and you, just play Among Us and get the experience that way. It, it's just as. But the main thing is yeah. that when you get the item, it drops. That's wonderful. You get to see it happen, just like Ryan explained. But then, the wondrous time where. It doesn't drop and it gets stuck and you start screaming yes. at the vending machine. It's an experience that everyone needs to have, right? Oh, but I'm like an amazing vending machine rocker. Like I can <laughs> rock the heck out of that machine. I have never lost, I can mm. truly say, a penny to a vending machine. I always get my value. And sometimes when I've had to rock it to get my item unlocked, other items fall and I get more value for my money. Bonus. So to me... Like the vending machine Let, experience is amazing. For the people who are not watching the video and, and just in general, because I'm going to paint you a picture of what it would be like to see Ryan rock a vending machine. What he does is he grabs <laughs> it by the side, pick it up like it weighs two pounds, make it upside down and just shake it. And then everything comes up. Then he puts it back little, down. Like, okay, that was, that was worth it. That was worth the 50 yes, cents. <laughs> I got my chips. Got my potato chips. That in there. is the experience that you'll see. Your soda that explodes now. Way to go. <laughs> yes, that's another experience people are missing, Wendy. Like vending machines you know, are now so they have good, people. 
they have the vending machines that go and have the arm come up and it perfectly grabs the Coke and doesn't shake it. You're removing the experience. Like it was part of the adventure of having the Coke explode on you because it fell from such heights. And then you know, and then you had at the bottom where, yeah, exit, perfect. Yeah, where you shook the vending machine. We are machine. so yeah. off topic. I feel like I'm recording Linux out loud right I, now. I think, <laughs> I think this is just a new topic we're pivoting into because we can make an entire episode about the wonders of vending machines. Vending machine. You yeah. know what? I might just do that. We'll see. You can also find the wonders of Bitwarden, which is way better than a vending machine. And that's because it's the password manager that we use and trust. Bitwarden lets you set up things like a pin to easily access your password manager, as well as additional authentications, such as master passwords, and adding phrases to fingerprint security, all to keep your passwords safe. Bitwarden is the easiest and safest way for teams, individuals, and businesses to store, share, and sync their sensitive data. Go to bitwarden.com tux to get started for free. Though if you're like me, you're going to want that premium account. And it starts at just $10 per year, way less than that expensive Apple stuff. <laughs> what do you get with that? One gigabyte of encrypted file storage, two-step login with YubiKey, U2F, and Duo, Vault Health Reports, TOTP Authenticator Storage, and Generation, plus priority customer support. Make the smart move like many in the community have and go to bitwarden.com slash tux to get started for free. Though, you're going to want to get that premium account that starts at just $10 per year. Thanks to Bitwarden for sponsoring this episode of Hardware Addicts. Hey, you know, Ryan, I want right. to store my passwords in a vending machine. That sounds very effective. <laughs> it really would, because right. then they'd have to pay for it. And at least you know they're paying <laughs> to get your password exactly. in there. Yeah. All right, Wendy, it's time. Take us into the camera corner and tell us about the Irix lenses for Sony. Did they cost $3,500 by chance? They don't cost $3,500. Actually, these are really, really nice lenses that cost way more than that. Now, they're more than not that. <laughs> cheap either. Oh, wait, reverse that. I just had myself a Charlie in the factory, chocolate factory moment. Reverse that. Way less than that from Apple. I was actually so they kind of definitely... excited because there are lenses that are that expensive. And I was like, oh, wow, you're one up in Apple. Yeah. <laughs> there are some incredibly expensive lenses out there. And I wouldn't say that these lenses are cheap by any means, but they do some amazing stuff for the Sony E-mount ecosystem. And these are meant for their full frame cameras. These are meant for their higher end line of cameras. And the first one is a 15 millimeter lens. It is a 2.4 aperture, so that means it's got a really nice wide opening on that to let a lot of light in. And you're looking at an extremely wide lens anyway. This is going to cover a massive distance. But they've done a lot of work to not have that distortion. So one of the things you'll run into with a lot of these really wide lenses is it looks funny on the outside with the distortion going on. There's other issues that you can run into with these really wide lenses where you'll get this rainbow effect on edges of things. Is that what they use for the real estate pictures, Wendy? Like where you get, they try to make a room look bigger than it is when you get to the house and real estate, then it's like a really small room, but you can almost see in some of those pictures, a little bit of this distortion or warping. Yeah. They're using wide fisheye lenses in order to get that effect, which I have dabbed in real estate photography in the past. And maybe it's one of the reasons I didn't continue because I didn't like doing it that way. 
I would take multiple shots and blend them together. So yes, you've got a very detailed image of the room, but it has the room in perspective. That's not how it um, works. But yeah, right. they're definitely you, using. You got to be uh, completely absurd and not accurate. Uh, that's you have to cheat people. Yeah. That's the key. Yeah, <laughs> that that's how you do it. Real estate photography. It's probably one of the reasons I'm not in that. <laughs> but they do have 15 elements, and when they say elements in lenses, those are different actual pieces of glass in them in 11 groups. Oh, wow. So that means while you have 15 pieces of glass, some of them are together, which gives you 11 groups. And one of the coolest things about that is two of those elements are a spherical. So yeah, they're kind of bow out a little bit, but it's not an even bowing of that lens. It has different curves to it in order for that light to go through the lens straight. So this is one of those ways that you're going to not get those weird, funky edges on the sides and glass that lets the light pass through it easier. So that's another one of those things that where you're not going to get those chromatic aberrations, those rainbows, those funky colors on the edges. What good is a lens if it leaves you with an image where you're like now i have to do all of this post-processing work right, if yeah. you are using right. something like dark table that allows you to help kind of take some of that out but you can't ever completely remove it but it really cleans that up of the lenses of these two my favorite one that i would personally get is the 150 millimeter macro lens it has 12 elements in nine groups, so we're grouping more of those elements together, and it's a one-to-one -one ratio. So in macro lenses, we're saying, hey, I'm looking at this ant, this spider, whatever it is. I like macro photography of spiders. Then you are seeing that... <laughs> yeah, I should. I totally should. But you're seeing that thing, that object that you're taking a picture of in its actual size. Now, if it was two to one, you'd be magnifying it twice. If it was five to one, you'd be magnifying it five times. So this is just a one to one ratio, the actual size of that object as it relates to the size of your sensor. It does have three of those elements that allow the light to pass through them more easily. So you're supposed to be getting very, very crisp images in macro with a very accurate color. And to help add to that, they have an anti-reflective coating on top of it, which is really important, especially when you're doing macro photography, you're in tight, you usually have lights that are pretty tight to that in order to light it really well. And you don't want glare coming into that lens, messing up with your image. So that's a really nice thing to have in that. Now, the 15 millimeter lens is around $550. And the macro lens is around $565, both available for pre-order. This isn't everybody's lenses, but these are high quality working lenses. What's funny is after going through the Apple $3,500 VR AR headset, this seems so reasonable at $549. Right. <laughs> like $549 sounds like nothing yeah. now. It's like, with oh, context. I might pick one of those up for my Sony camera. Yeah, I don't even no problem. Photography. What a deal. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's interesting too that the 150 millimeter has that anti-reflective coating, but I guess that's not needed for the 15 millimeter because you're in low light situations is where that that lens particularly performs. So that's where I mean, it shines. And you yeah. can also get 
things that you can put on the lens to help with that reflective capability. Wendy, that's not and where it shines because it's shooting. low light. So bad. But you could still get some really nice landscape shots with a lens like this. And landscape shots are fantastic with the wide-angle lens. Very cool. So these are two options for the E-mount. So only mm-hmm. Sony cameras use the E-mount, Only correct? Sony cameras, yep, can use this lens, these lenses. And so, Michael, me and you could get these lenses and mm-hmm. do landscape photography and or macro photography on our own faces, for instance. W- wonderful like, idea. Yeah, wonderful idea. We could get oh. Michael's hair in full detail macro mode. Exactly. Oh my goodness. For those who are curious How beautiful. and watching the video, I have messed with my hair multiple times. I think that's what she's referencing. Because <laughs> it's always I probably have perfect. more than you. Yeah, he thinks it's so bangs, beautiful. The gap in the bangs. Those golden locks. I'll fix them. <laughs> well, that's it. Our 77th episode of Hardware Addicts is a wrap. Thank you for listening to the show that brings you your bi-weekly tech fix. And if things worked out, watching the show that brings you your bi-weekly tech fix. And if you're not all lit up on tech yet, be sure to check out all the amazing content on the Tux Digital Network. We have all kinds of amazing shows for all kinds of topics. Head to TuxDigital.com to check out all the great podcasts and YouTube partners. We even have a new podcast out there, Fit and Fueled, which you want to check out. It's your health up there, nutritional, eating, working out, all of that stuff that all of us geeks need to do from time to time. Go check out Fit and Fueled. Remember, there's no such thing as too much hardware. Learn, build, innovate, and grow. We hope you enjoyed the show, and we'll see you next time when another episode drops out of the Hardware Addicts vending machine.